Welcome to the COSEC Show. Join the COSEC Qatari Securities team as they share their insights on the Australian share market, discussing some of their best performing companies, macroeconomic news from offshore, including local domestic news, foreign exchange, as well as commodities. If you have any questions regarding the share market, our phone lines are open. You can dial in on 1300 854 151 or alternatively, email info at cosec.com.au. Exclusively on this show, each guest will reveal their hottest stock pick. For more information on any of the topics discussed, go to cosec.com.au. The information featured in this program is general in nature and does not take into account your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. Guests appearing on the program may own or have commercial arrangements with some of the companies mentioned. Before making any investment insurance or financial planning decisions, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you. Good afternoon, investors. My name is Will Brownlee, and welcome to The COSEC Show, where we discuss all things relevant in the market this week. Macroeconomic data, currencies and commodities, top performance for the week it was, and of course, our hottest stock picks for the week to come. As always, before I go any further, please allow me to introduce you to my slightly minimized investment panel and resident experts in the market. To my left, the ever-wonderful Caroline Wong, sitting center table. <laughs> and over in front of me, the ever- Stoic Gabrielle Ryan. All right. Did everyone have a good Easter? Long weekend. Was the weather not splendid? Yes. Yeah, it was very nice. Anybody do anything fun? Yeah, you could say that. This is warming up to be a great show, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic. So slightly to minimise this this week. So uh, we've got a couple of got a couple of people that are still away. Mr. Mossman, ever Mr. Louis Mossman is out today. So. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. We'll trudge on with, without them. But I'm going to kick things off with a little bit of what's been happening with the global equity space. Because, Caroline, mm. quite positive. Is that right? Things have been sort of moving in the positive direction? Or is that Gabe a better person to be asking for that? Gabe, off to Gabe first. I think uh, we'll go to Gabe. All right. What have you been seeing? We had a really great week. Um, shortened Easter week. We had really a lot of positivity in the markets. Uh, the U.S., I keep seeing Dow setting highs. Everything's moving in a pretty positive direction. On top of that, uh, there is a lot of talk about the market being very hot at the moment. Mm-hmm. Over here, mm-hmm. we're very near our previous highs, whereas over in the US, have actually surpassed it quite significantly. But well, they're up about fifteen percent from there. I oh, know the de- the S and P had another all time high like recently. Yeah. yeah, so they're doing pretty well. Uh, obviously, they're very heavily tech weighted as well. I think Microsoft's on the cusp of being a two trillion dollar company as well. Wow. So a lot of a lot of positivity. And again, there's all this talk about the market being very hot. Now, I don't know if we have that VIX chart uh, that we could pull up, um, but a lot of volatility is actually coming out of the market. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly mm-hmm. enough, we haven't been have, the VIX hasn't been this low. I think since prior to the the market's crash in March of last year. So volatility coming out of the market, things moving in a positive. And direction. for those who don't know, VIX if the VIX goes up, good or bad, and if it goes down, what what's the? Well, generally speaking, you'd say when volatility goes up, it's not great for equities. Okay. Right. So we're, a lot of volatility is coming out of the market. It's very low. It's a rating of around seventeen from memory, mm-hmm. um, and despite that, equities are doing very well. Okay, so that's uh, that's that's good to see. And what we've we're up about five. We've been up five trading days. Today we were mm-hmm. off very slightly, okay. 0.09 or something along those yeah. lines. Like it was not as bad as I thought. Uh, and uh, even even Europe's doing particularly yeah. well for that bullish oil prices and stuff like that. What's been happening sort of locally, Caroline? 
Um, so this week we had our Reserve Bank meeting. So every Tuesday they meet on the first week of the month. And um, no surprises, they kept cash rate unchanged. Um, they said that they will be engaging in their second bond purchase program. Mm -hmm. And if needed, they will continue to buy uh, more assets. Um, so, but more importantly, the, the one thing that I want to talk about and the key theme that has been arising out of this meeting is the housing prices. So if we look into the chart that I've got there, we can see that the month-on-month -month increase in house prices was the largest in more than three decades. So that's almost as old as you are, Will. Oh, wow. 19 Ouch. That, <laughs> 1989. That, that, wow, that really hurts. That really hurts. To be, to be fair with you, Caroline, we're still trying to figure out how old you are in the, in the firm. We've all got running totals on how old we think you are. I think you're giving that very, very under <laughs> your hat, aren't you? I'll tell you that after the podcast. Yeah, tell me that after the podcast. So anyway, um, Sydney led this growth. Um, house prices surged 3.7% last month. Mm -hmm. That was a huge increase. Um, housing credit growth has picked up as well, specifically for first home buyers. And you can attribute it to the um, first home grant that was mm -hmm. um, given mm -hmm. out last year. And then also it bodes well for our local property stocks. Yes. And even better for stocks who um, have exposure to the U.S., so the U.S., as we know, that so they're doing borrow and brickworks yeah, and right. blue exactly scope, right. etc. Yeah, yeah, they've been doing very, very well. And I suppose REA's not been doing too bad yeah. either. Um, I think I read somewhere over the weekend, last weekend, Domain Holdings. They had like their Super Saturday, so I think it's the long, the, the most number of auctions. And this is in Sydney, Sorry. right? Yeah, correct. That's right. Average house price in Sydney is what? Two million. Two million. <laughs> Million, two million, that's a lot of money going in and out of property. That certainly yeah. seems to be, uh, but maybe a bit overinflated. I mean, jeepers, who, who's got, uh, who's got, you know, uh, that amount of money? I think, mm -hmm. and we will talk about it later in the show. Obviously, yeah. we're going to sectors and stuff like that. But one of the big key things is people are taking out mortgages now mm. in the anticipation that, that they will continue to be able to pay their mortgage repayments, 30-year mm. mortgage, and that it will be on loan. Now, of course, we know one thing. Where is What are they saying is going to happen to interest rates? That could potentially rise. So we yeah. could find that people end up having to pay more on their, uh, on their mortgage because interest rates go up. Mm. The big problem that we've got is we're not having the same wages increase to actually combat that uh, inflation, mm. the wages. So I think that's a big risk for a lot of people, certainly younger, younger homeowners or younger home buyers. Mm. Agree on that? Yeah, I agree. So I think that's what that's exactly what the RBA said. So everything is well underway. Under, uh, unemployment is down. However, it's wage growth that is weighing on recovery. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, one of the things that people say is, oh, well, I'll get a 30-year mortgage. I'm fairly convinced that next year I'm going to make more money than I did this year because I'm going to get a pay increase. That simply just may not happen as much as we as we think. It's not as, and everything's going to get a bit more expensive, obviously, throughout inflation. So, yeah, any comment on that, Gabe? Well, yeah, you know, I guess the, the issue is that uh, if interest rates go up, obviously that makes it a little bit more complicated for those who have taken out long-term loans, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, especially mm -hmm. considering the expectations for interest rates going up is, uh, I guess, sort of set mm -hmm. at this stage. Mm -hmm. um, we've already had Jerome Powell discussing, I think it was just today, uh, the tools that they have in place yeah. to combat um, inflation. Essentially, it was raising interest rates. Are we going to have the same problem here? It's hard to say. Maybe, maybe not. Very good, very good. Let's talk about uh, this travel bubble. Are we all yes. excited? We're very, very excited. At the Are moment. you excited? Uh, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> could be good, could be bad. I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical because uh, literally we had the travel bubble open up yesterday. This is the Trans-Tasman travel bubble, and it's the first in the world. It's going to be uh, travel between the US, US, between Australia and New Zealand without any quarantine on either side. Yeah. But Jacinta Ardern has said 
that be prepared that you fly at your own risk, basically what she's saying. She's basically saying if, um, you know, if, if there's a COVID outbreak, you may have to quarantine when you get there. You may have to quarantine when you come back. Yeah. Now, I've seen a lot now over over in New Zealand. I know a lot of my family that have not been exposure to the sudden snap border lockdowns like what we've got over here. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, here you can go to Brisbane and they can have a snap lockdown all of a sudden and you just can't get back or you have to do if you come back quarantine. So they're not aware of that. But I'd be I'd be petrified of getting to New Zealand mm -hmm having it suddenly locked down and then suddenly not being able to get back because everyone knows as well as I do that I love my job. So uh, I'd be very <laughs> concerned uh, if I couldn't get back to get back to work. Mm. What do you, what do you think? Cause I mean, it's been a hundred thousand people have signed up to fly. Are we looking at a hundred thousand people that are just not smart or I, I don't, uh, what, what do you guys think? I think you just don't have a hundred percent sense of security. You mm, never know whether mm, you can return mm. to where you are flying from. Mm, mm, mm. Gabe, if I gave you, uh, you know, five days off or gave you a week off, mm -hmm. would you be flying off to New Zealand the first week of, uh, first week of the lockdown? Uh, pro probably not. Probably. I mean, New Zealand's nice, but it's not really worth the risk. I think really getting worse. stuck there for, you know, who knows how long. Yeah, um, absolutely. Probably just the, I guess just the cost would, would really be justified. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any other comments on how everything's going with the vaccination rollout? What do we, what do we think, Caroline? How's everything oh, going? Speaking of which, I have a very funny illustration that we can share with our investors. Um, so this is that a snail? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it basically, I, I saw this at the start of the week. So it basically compares the pace of our vaccine rollout to that of a snail. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong. That looks like our prime minister. This is the funny thing that I, I get. I don't. If you, if I was the prime minister, yeah. I would definitely be putting a call through to whoever wrote that picture or drew that of picture course. about me saying, "Hey," because there's some horrific ones of him. Like there's some really mean stuff out there. And it's all in jest and it's all funny, but I'd be sitting there saying, wait, hey, what are you doing? Like, leave me alone. Like, I'm, I'm doing, I'm trying to run a country here. Like, don't write, don't draw a funny cartoon about me. It's like, it's, I think it's quite strange really, to be fair, but vaccination rollout, mm. bit slower than anticipated. I think it's the gist of the message. Yeah. Yeah. Very much slower. So the key theme that we've been hearing all throughout the day on the television is blood clots, blood clots, blood clots. So what happens is that Four, four to six cases in every one million people will actually contract this blood clots, out of which the death rate is 25%, yes. which means to say that one in one million people will actually die from blood clots. Wow. That's uh, less than ideal. Yeah. I thought it was something less than that. So I thought over in the UK, I'd said 20.2 million jabs that they'd done mm. and they'd got like 75 blood clots from it or something like that. Is that a statistic that you guys have heard or am I mistaken on that, which has happened before and it's, will probably it's happen not, again? It's not a big um, proportion, yep. but it's just that it's growing media attention now, which sort of instills a sense of fear, I guess. Mm. But um, if I, I have a chart there. If we pull up the chart, you can see that... Um, the health con health concerns is like the consequences can be very dire because the center center of attention now is on AstraZeneca and you can see that AstraZeneca actually 114 countries are using AstraZeneca's vaccine so that's opposed to 83 countries who are using Pfizer's vaccine and and the bottom panel you can see that Australia is lagging behind in terms of the high income countries whereby in every hundred individuals 3.7 doses have been administered. So that's very slow and it can, you can also say that it's our fault for putting so much eggs in one basket. So 50 million doses have been gone to um, AstraZeneca yes, and right. CSL will continue to um, manufacture those vaccines. Mm, mm, but mm. on the positive note, the government has also said that they will, will be ordering more than 20 million more doses from Pfizer 
but we're not sure when that will actually come. But slow, but slow. Whatever yeah. it is, is it, it's quite slow. Mm. Over in America, 30% of the population has been vaccinated or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a high number. Yeah. It's really high. They are, they, and they're trying to ramp that up by how many how many people are getting, getting um, tested. And I know yeah. recently uh, Joe Biden's released a couple of plans I know he released a plan on gun control, but he's released a couple of plans on on uh, passing bills for stimulus, etc. Are you across that, Gabe? Yeah, I think that was something that was, um, uh, I think that occurred last week potentially yeah. from memory. Yeah. Uh, I think that had a lot to do with infrastructure building. Yeah, right, right, absolutely. Um, broader building, I think in healthcare, aged care, things like that. Mm-hmm. Didn't manage to pour over all the details, but I think it's a package worth around $2 trillion roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of government spending coming through over in the US clearly but could benefit a lot of companies which are involved in those broader sectors. Which is why Borrell, which why it was something like Borrell and yeah. why Blue Scope and why Brickworks, mm-hmm. we've seen some quite a bit of movement towards the north. Yeah. I know you're, you're famous for your charts at the moment, Caroline. Has it got any other charts hidden away in the, in the computer that oh, you've been looking at? Save, save more. you got save, saving a little bit more for uh, more fun. So let's talk uh, sector, well, let's talk sector. Let's talk global equities that are sort of, and how they've been sort of going. I think let's rewind back. Do you think we're getting overheated right now? Do you think the market's getting a bit bit toppy right now, Gabe? Or do you really think there's more room to run? Well, I mean, it just really depends, I guess, on uh, uh, so many factors, right? I mean, volatility is coming out of the market. I guess certain PE multiples are quite overinflated. But if a lot of uh, cash just keeps going into equities because interest rates are so low, I don't really see why uh, stocks couldn't keep running. That has to be a really big fundamental shift for money to start moving out of equities, really. Now, the reason I ask that question is because unbeknownst to both of you, I've actually had a look at our, um, our uh, Street Walk, Street Talk section mm. of the show. So I had a little bit of a video and that's one of the questions. So get your thinking caps on. That's going to be a good section of the show that we're going to go to a little bit later on. But for now, we're going to take a short break. Now, if you have any questions for our panel, please feel free to take a video and email it through to info at cosec.com.au. Everyone who does will receive a copy of our book, Stock Market Success, Retailing in Dimmicks for $39.95, or our magazine, Selling in News Agencies Australia-wide for $19.95. We're going to be back shortly with your currency and commodity overview. As kids, we were active. We were creative. We questioned all things. We celebrated everything. We took risks. We had no limits. We had dreams. Our imagination helped us solve problems and create new possibilities. Albert Einstein once said, imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. We are in an ever-changing world filled with fear and uncertainty. Don't let that change the inner child within. As Walt Disney said, imagination has no age and dreams are forever. Kosek is here to help build your dreams and create possibilities. Secure your success with Kosek Kadari Securities. Throughout time, humans have relied upon innovation to advance and evolve, using new and improved methods, having meaningful impact on society and industries. In order to advance, ideas were transformed into new products and services. 
the stock market has also evolved through innovation. Innovation has been key to COSEC's success. Using artificial intelligence and machine learning, COSEC has streamlined processes to bring better opportunities to clients. Opportunities that might have otherwise been missed. Join a company that innovates to bring clients the best opportunities and service. Invest with a solid strategy. Invest with confidence. Invest with COSEC. Kadari Securities. returns in the stock market on a consistent basis? Obsessed with this idea, Michael Kadari forms COSEC, Kadari Securities. He seeks, in his own words, a revolutionary investment strategy based on better information and knowledge. Wealth begins with better knowledge, becomes his motto. He seeks to identify and accurately pick the next top performing stocks on the ASX. He seeks for consistency. Michael Kadari creates a unique stock market filtering system he names Lotus Bloom, named after a flower that blooms just once. Because in investing, timing is everything. See how accurate COSEC stock picks are. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue today. If you want the COSEC investment edge, you know what you have to do. Call COSEC now or visit cosec.com.au and take advantage of the insights he reserves for his clients. Do you follow currencies? Want to know how the Aussie dollar is travelling? Do you love commodities? Do you see gold prices rising? Do you see more demand for oil? Do you see the world economy growing? Get the latest in-depth analysis and discussion on commodities every week from real traders. Get real insights only on The Cosec Show. Welcome back. Let's talk about currencies and commodities, all things that shine, sparkle, fold, and make the world go round. Let's take a quick look. I think it's oil. 
Who's got some information about oil? Because I know, Carolyn, you tapped me on the shoulder and said I've got some a big sort of section on oil. Is that right? That is certainly not right. <laughs> that is certainly not correct. All right, perfect. Uh, start us off. Me? Yep. You. But I'm not on. Okay, You're fine. <laughs> okay, I'm doing gold today. Um, gold is actually trading at a five-week high. Mm-hmm. Um, it's regained some of its shine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. that. I like that. You got this good joke. Yep. <laughs> so it double bottomed at 1677. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It has since rebounded then. Um, this is also on the back of the dollar, which has been downward trending. Yep. For the past week, it's been down 1.2%. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I want to talk about is that the past few podcasts, we've been emphasizing so much on gold. Yes. This is the time I think it really shined. Northern Star was up 10%. Also 10% this week. And that was one of those stocks that we, very rare occasion, but we unanimously all Mm -hmm. had one off. I think it was probably about two weeks ago. Uh, It did go down in the initial instances, but now it's back back up quite significantly. Great, great. I mean, all of us all said that Mm -hmm. was a hot opportunity and unanimously we all picked exactly the same business. So made a lot of logical sense. Um, You know, that's a time when picking the bottom might have just been very, very beneficial. And uh, and it also shows how our strategy works so much, um, how we choose fundamentally solid company and how they will eventually do well when it's time for it to come. Yeah, I think it's interesting because we, obviously there's a lot of gold players out there and don't get me wrong, they have all done very well. Uh, Evolution Mining, Newcrest Mining, um, Northern Star, even the smaller ones like Perseus and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I do honestly believe that the most, uh, the, the best looking gold chart has been Northern Star. I think it has sort of moved in a positive direction very much. Okay, um, outperforming outperforming the commodity itself, yeah. certainly. It's done very, very, very well, very sharp incline. 4% the other day is absolutely fantastic. So. Yeah, that sort of moved in the positive direction. Anything else that you can see about gold or any comment on gold at this stage? I think our broad, broader consensus is that in the medium term, it will still do, do well. So even though it's been a long downward trend since August last year when the vaccine news first mm. broke out, um, it's still a physical bullion. So there yeah. are use cases for it. So It's funny, isn't it? Gold's almost got a bit of a cult following. You know, there's some people that just don't think it's ever going to go down. I know, Gabe, you're yeah. a big fan of uh, Peter Schiff. Is it Peter Schiff? Oh, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of it, but he always has some very interesting comments. Because he gold. is a <laughs> bull on gold and he is a bear on Bitcoin or crypto. Is that right? Yeah, well, I, I guess his sort of um, view on crypto is that it's basically, you know, it's, it, it's an intangible asset. So therefore, it really has no sort of intrinsic value, whereas gold, with all those applications and use cases in the real world, mm, mm, again, in quotation uh, marks, is a much more valuable asset to have and much more uh, worthwhile holding than Bitcoin cash or even stocks, potentially. Yeah. That being said, though, Bitcoin has been doing exceptionally well. Whereabouts are we sitting at at the moment with that? Listen, I'm pretty sure Bitcoin's hovering near the all-time highs. I mean, if I have a, I'm not sure if we have a chart of it, but from memory, it's hovering around... Um, 58, 59,000 US dollars uh, per Bitcoin. So it's doing uh, pretty well. Uh, if you look at the chart, I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's just consistently uh, moving in a positive direction, broadly speaking. I looked at that chart uh, with, with ourselves. I remember it got to 20K. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's always interesting how people, people's perceptions of, of it now are. People, and I always think of stock, like today, for instance, Kogan went up 8%. And I thought, that's a phenomenal run up. Wow, that's really, really good. Then I looked at the next day and said, wow, that's really been sold off. It's not looking very good. And it was down at only 5% profit. So it gone from being 8% profit down to being 5% profit. And it's so weird. It's so weird because a 3% profit in a down market like it was today is actually yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's quite strange. I liken that to Bitcoin. A lot of people 
said when it hit $30,000 or even $20,000, I wouldn't touch it. Way too overheated. It can't go any yeah. further. Now at nearly sixty, big emphasis on maybe. If yeah. it got to thirty, you know, I'd probably be putting my hand up to say that's that's a good sort of averaging point at, at that yeah. stage potentially. Got any other comments on what might be driving uh, what might be driving gold or or uh, Bitcoin at this stage? Well, I guess um, you know Bitcoin and gold, uh, you know people you know, consider them to have very similar properties. Naturally, Bitcoin has no industrial- that safe haven, yeah, that's safe haven. Yeah, exactly, like, you know, inflation hedge. But, I mean, Bitcoin has no industrial application mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, beyond being a currency, essentially, is what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, whereas gold currency used in industrials, in, um, you know, in spacecraft, all these very interesting things, certain technology as well. I guess what's driving it is, one, you have a dollar which is moving in a slightly negative direction at the moment, expectations for inflation maybe are getting higher the anticipation that interest rates may go up um of do you course. like do you like gold or bitcoin more which one well listen i i think they're both they're both uh, pretty good i like gold in terms of its um its fundamental aspects bitcoin in terms of something to get a lot of money in a very short space of time for probably something you should really consider gold or bitcoin more for you, for which one do you like better Gold. You like gold better? Bitcoin's not for the faint-hearted. Yeah. Well, I would have to say I like gold better, but for only one reason, and that is because if you're going to put a ring on someone, oh. then it's pretty hard to uh, it's pretty hard to wrap a, a USB drive around their finger, which is of course the wallet that it's all stored on. Yeah. That's a little bit of a joke there because. <laughs> That's uh, one of the main applications, I think, of gold is obviously it is more physical, more finite, more, yeah. more useful, maybe less finite, but more useful. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's go over away from both of that. Let's go yeah. to something that is a little bit more, uh, I suppose, a little bit more physical, and that is oil. Sure. Got some uh, views on oil, uh, Gabe. Uh, well, listen, you know, obviously the big, uh, the big news was that Suez Canal blockage, which was cleared now. Um, and there's all this backlog that needs to be filled up. So a portion of oil trade does go through the Suez Canal border. Uh, global trade does go through there as well. Having a look at what it's doing, it's pretty stagnant. If we have the chart of oil uh, to show, it's just sort of been hovering around, uh, you know, the 59 dollars $60 mark. Hasn't really been doing a whole lot. And I suppose that's going to be driven by the fact that we have further virus concerns in Europe. Um, there is, uh, you know, these AstraZeneca blood clots, uh, which have, you know, it's paused rollouts for certain mm -hmm. age groups in certain countries in Europe and, and other places as well. So anticipations for, you know, demand and in oil increasing may be a little bit dampened because of that. Oil, as you know, looking at just on a purely technical basis, doesn't look really incredible at this stage. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. very sharp. I think it went up, you know, 80% since the beginning of November. Had a pretty good run. Maybe we're just in a bit of a consolidation phase. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oil is one of the most traded stock, uh, traded commodities in the world. Yeah. And uh, you think maybe it's just sort of started to, uh, people taking a lot of short positions, maybe? maybe yeah, potentially, potentially. Maybe a little bit overheated for the moment, yeah. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go over to our good friend, Iron Ore, and to talk to us about that, we're going to have the lady who's got her eye on ore all the time, sure. and that is going to be uh, Miss Caroline Wong. <laughs> what have you been looking at, and what have you got your BDI on now? BDI, what's that? BDI, I haven't heard the, the term BDI. Uh, I think it's an old term that I got told when I was a child, you know, keep your BDIs out. No? Okay. okay. No. All right. Uh, we, uh, well, different, different generations. Sure, different generations. <laughs> wow. Ouch. Cut me deep. That hurt. Um, okay, anyway, okay. back to iron ore. Um, it was up 3% this <laughs> mm -hmm. week. Um, as of this morning, it's trading at $173, and this is because of near record heels, steel prices. Okay. So yep. steel prices are really high, near record highs. 
However, however, UBS believes that the rally is over. The rally for INR is near its infection point right now, and mm. and because um in Vale year-to-date shipments have been mm. up by close to twenty percent. So when supply kicks in, this would naturally put downward pressure on the price of iron ore. Mm-hmm. As such, it believes that um by year end Q four twenty twenty one prices of iron ore will fall back down to about hundred dollars. Okay, okay, very good. good. So you're are you short long long on that bull on that bear? You're not not too uh, not too happy. I'll say I'm long. Uh, I'm bear. No, yeah. sorry, I'm bull in the short term. Okay, so bull. So he's going to go up in the short term, but long term, you but think? But a very short term, I think it'll still hold up. And a lot of that's to do with that infrastructure spend and boom and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boom. Very 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 interesting. No charts for us on this section. Nope, sorry. Nope, no, sorry. No no charts in this <laughs> section here at all. Not a problem whatsoever. So. That's commodities and currencies and the events that have shaped them. Now, are you a bull or a bear? Let us know. Our phone lines are now open. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break and when we get back, we're going to be looking what the best and worst performers on the Australian market were this week. The world changed this year. So did the stock market. Is it time for a change in your portfolio? Invest with confidence. Invest with a solid strategy. Invest with Kosek, Kodari Securities. RBA has cut interest rates to a record low of 0.1%. Returns in saving accounts are now shockingly low. We have never seen these conditions before. The good news is that the stock market benefits from low interest rates and historically has outperformed property or any other asset class. COSEC uses a unique stock market filtering system called Lotus Blue, which helps generate solid profits for clients. During COVID in April 2020, COSEC recommended Kogan, which went up 340%. In June, COSEC recommended Saracen Minerals, which went up 23%. In October, COSEC recommended Nickel Mines, which went up 33%. If you want your money working overtime, you need to know what stocks to buy and when to sell. That's where COSEC can help. With no barriers to entry, it's just simple investing. Build wealth with a concrete investment strategy. Go to COSEC.com.au. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue and receive our top eight stock picks today.
Humans have relied upon innovation to advance and evolve using new and improved methods, having meaningful impact on society and industries. In order to advance, ideas were transformed into new products and services. The stock market has also evolved through innovation. Innovation has been key to COSEC's success. Using artificial intelligence and machine learning, COSEC has streamlined processes to bring better opportunities to clients. Opportunities that might have otherwise been missed. Join a company that innovates to bring clients the best opportunities and service. Invest with a solid strategy. Invest with confidence. Invest with COSEC. Kadari Securities. Welcome back. Let's move on to our next section now and have a look at what the best and worst performers on the ASX were this week. We're going to go straight over to the wonderful Caroline Wong. You've got your great chart about what yep. we've been looking at this week. Um, Care to share that with us? I'll still put you in suspense for a little bit more. Oh, suspense. Yay. <laughs> I just want to talk about XKO a little bit. So it was a bit of a shorter week this week. but For those of you who don't know, XKO is the mm. ASX 300. So. Yep. Yep. Um, so it was a bit of a shorter week for us. Mm -hmm. um, we were off on Monday, but on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're all, we all finished in green. However, yeah. just Friday, we're down today, down 0.1%, which was We would much. call that flat. We would yeah, call that pretty much flat. flat. And we're just now like less than 2% away from our pre-pandemic high. So that's pretty good. Are we above, do we close above 7,000? And we didn't, because no. we, we were up yesterday. So we mm -hmm. didn't close above 7,000, but we've gone above it this yeah, week. Briefly yeah, briefly touched it and then came down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if we jump straight into the chat. We can see that a lot of greens, um, all sectors ended in green for the week. Top performing sector, IT. 6.9%. Mm -hmm. um, Afterpay was up 10% this week, but more notably, we want to talk about EML payments, mm -hmm. ticker code EML, was up 14% this week on the back of an acquisition of Open Banking Business and Tenial Group. And then after this um, announcement was released, brokers have also upgraded its price target to $6.20. Wow. Wow. Very, Very good. Bullish. Yep. Um, next top performing sector is materials, up 3.4%, oh. evolution mining, 6%, probably on the back of strong rallying cop, uh, gold, copper yep, and gold, yep. gold prices yep western areas limited another one nickel WS. that's nickel they made mm. they made they up what they they gave out the preliminary nickel yeah, forecast production, production yeah. results so, so they were up but they weren't doing that well at the start of the week they did yeah. seven percent recently mm -hmm. yeah so that was sort of an announcement driven kind yeah. of jump yep. kogan as well 
seven or eight percent up today. I noticed that, mm. and that's been severely beaten down. Mm. Yeah, so that's sort of sort of coming in. Uh, any other notable worst ones or better ones that we've seen throughout the week? Not yet. Yeah, no, not, not yet. yet. I can't no. think of any right now. Well, the market's closed, so if it hasn't happened <laughs> yet, it's probably not going to happen again. Well, listen, ladies and gents, uh, it's that time again. We're going to be going to our next section, Back by Popular Demand. Let's go to the street and let's find out what the public thinks we should be investing in at the moment. This is Street Walks and Street Talks. Welcome to Streetwalk Street Talk. We're here in our beautiful city of Sydney, talking to people about what they think about the market. Uh, any stock tips that you might uh, know of? Investment advice. As in, yeah, well, yeah, I think the property uh, is going to get go up this year, hopefully, yeah, and yeah. next year. Is that, is that what you is that what you're uh, invested in yourself? Yes, yes. Hopefully, the uh, uh, interest rates stay down and uh, people buy uh, myself as well and others buy into real estate all around regional Australia and not just Sydney and hopefully everywhere yeah it goes up yeah and uh, tell me if you had a million dollars would you put it in property or would you put it into maybe another sort of asset class yeah there's a lot of talk about I think uh, Bitcoin and crypto uh, going up but I still feel uh, something in hand is better you know like I still feel uh, real estate which is probably gives you a return and you got to wait 20 years but I still think it's a good uh, investment so, so you're not you're not too uh, you're not afraid of waiting a long time for yes. for returns yes yes uh, no no uh, it's it's good to uh, actually uh, uh, have something like holding for long term as in like then quick returns because it's otherwise it's a roller coaster ride you quick, looking at you know something every day on your phone is it going up going down then just Yep, secure investments in you know. If you have any investment tips or, or tricks? Um, no, well, I, I'm a bit worried that the market is uh, getting too hot, but um, uh, a lot of people say it's nothing to worry about. Okay. Yeah. And what do you yourself believe? I'm a bit nervous. Uh, I, I'm inclined to uh, go a little bit more to cash, but on the other hand, you're not getting anything for uh, and uh, and say say you had a million dollars, where would you put that million dollars today? I think I might buy a racehorse. Yeah, go back in time ten years and buy Bitcoin. <laughs> it been my best. One. Are, you, are you in Bitcoin at the moment? Um, I am, but only from about a year and a half ago. Okay. So, and uh, you guys? Or if you could buy it like after pay during the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> say you had one million dollars today, where would you put it? I'd put it in multiple altcoins, all of which are below a dollar, and all they need to do is reach a thousand dollars, and you're a billionaire. Do we have consensus here? I'd put it in the S&P 500. Leave it there for ten years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. S&P. I would say spaceship. Spaceship is really nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, I've been sort of uh, investing at various levels over the last uh, 30, 40 years. I was involved with superannuation and. Uh, the trustee of an industry super fund, so that was one form of investment. Yep. That's sort of over from my point of view now. I still have some personal investments, which have been mainly in property. I'm not necessarily looking at what superannuation is best, because as a trustee of a fund, 
that was far as I was concerned was the best superannuation fund on the system's good. Right. And as a lawyer, I also um, follow what um, you know, how superannuation operates, and have done that for over 50 years now right. in the UK and here. Nice. Um, okay. But uh, the actual investment process just varies whether you're de de dealing with you know, millions and or even billions, or uh, right. uh, or whether you're just dealing with the personal right. assets, which. Um, equities and then property and uh, yeah. um, now reach the stage where I've got to uh, re-examine everything and um, consider what I do right. and I haven't made up my mind about what happens with that. Yeah. Expect the unexpected um, would be my advice. Okay. Um, I think uh, if you um, are the sort of person who is willing to uh, delay gratification I think one of the things that is important about um, operating the stock market is that a lot of people are going in for the short term, which I totally understand because there's extreme rewards there sometimes. But um, in my experience, if you're prepared to delay gratification, you're, uh, you're generally speaking going to be better off. So, Great. And uh, did you have any uh, specific companies that you're interested in? Um, look, not really. I think, uh, you know, I could talk in very generic terms or even cliche terms about, you know, um, tech stocks and so forth. But um, my, my sense is that the, the market is changing and a lot of those things have been brought on by recent events. Um, COVID obviously is one of the most important ones, but also the fact that there's, there does seem to be a genuine shift in the way that we produce energy. Um, and um, I even saw um, there's an extraordinary company that is now building artificial reefs, for instance, oh, yeah. um, developed by a Korean engineer who's based in, in Sydney. And here's a guy who's come up with an idea where they construct these big concrete um, frames and infrastructure, they drop them into areas of the ocean quite close to shore. Right. And within three years, they become, literally become reefs and, and havens for fish. Wow. Um, and, and that cut was that? Do you know what they're called? Uh, I have a feeling it's like Hanyu or something like that. But I mean, you, if you were to, to Google it or even look on LinkedIn, I'm sure you can find the guy. His name is Ryan Park. Okay. Um, and I think that. It's those sorts of businesses, um, given the change um, in the way that we are considering the environment and our impact, they're the sorts of businesses that I think will be the future. My view is that the first trillionaire will be, <laughs> will be someone who um, has the capacity to develop very, very uh, effective recycling systems or people who actually tap into environmental businesses like that where their, their product is out there actually solving a very, very unique and specific problem because, um, sorry, I know this is a very long answer, no, 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 but no, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, if you think about climate change as being the focus of, of the environmental movement, it's kind of unfortunate because it's actually distracted people away from things that are far more important, like the loss of biodiversity um, and particularly um, abuse of the oceans and, and fisheries. Mm. So businesses that actually deal with that first, you know, and, and can do it effectively and make it profitable, I think, in terms of resolving those issues, I think they're the kinds of businesses that you want to get involved in. 
and it is the sort of business where you need to delay gratification. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So if you're in a, if you're in a short term, then you know, yeah. look, I don't know. So, so you've got long-term future um, ideas of, of where, where we might go. Yeah, I think so. I think it's where we have to go. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, very, it's very easy to get swept up into the world of, of, you know, of Amazon and, and those businesses which are very compelling and they're extremely profitable and yeah. they've got some really charismatic leaders. But um, I, I, think, I think you need to start looking at those businesses which are still relatively small, like this guy who's building yeah. these reefs and he's yeah. just picked up all these contracts in the Mediterranean and, the, um, and I believe in the Pacific and also around the, the, the shores of the United States. And this guy is sneaking up on us and going, here's a great business and it's actually helping the yeah. environment. If you had a million dollars, what industry or what company would you invest in? Go into biotech. Bi biotech? Yeah. I'll go. Uh, is um, CSL still available? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, Streetwalks Street Talks. I think uh, a little bit of interesting stuff that came out through there. Let's go through some of the things that we were looking at. Uh, so. Property market, first thing. First gentleman talked a little bit about property market. Very clearly invested in property. Yep. Now, it's fairly, uh, academic literature will support the idea that equity market has outperformed property over the long term. However, property does have that added advantage that it is a little bit more safe and it is one of those things that uh, I suppose, you know, you can actually tangible, you can live in it, means you don't have to pay rent, etc. What would you say is the main drawbacks about getting into involved in property? Uh, do you mean in general or right now? Well, right now, yeah. Well, I guess uh, the property market, you would say, is really uh, quite hot. Um, you know, maybe not necessarily based on fundamentals, but a lot of people able to get a lot of cheap money mm, mm, from mm. banks because interest rates are so low for the moment. And as we mentioned in uh, before, uh, a lot of people are probably banking on the potential for interest rates to remain the same for a longer and extended period of time, whereas potentially the forecasts for that aren't quite as... Uh, good for them. I know Mr. Like. Mr. Louis Mossman has been doing a lot of research into yep. interest rates and he's got some amazing charts next week that he's going to be talking to us about, but I didn't know how just how low interest rates were. Like they are ridiculously yep. low right now. Like absolutely. I know the historical lows and all that. Everyone keeps going about it, but absolutely astronomically low right now. Yep. And they've been high, like they've been five, six, 7%. You know, they've been much higher than that. And in recent times, you buy a 30-year mortgage, you've got a 30-year mortgage, put a 5% down payment, there's a strong chance that you might be in for a little bit of trouble if you're buying into something and then, and then it goes up. Now, I'm not here to bag on property by any means, yep. but there's there's might be, I think a lot of people say property is low risk. Well, yes, but it's also dependent on lifestyle as well. If your yep. lifestyle declines in terms of uh, your earnings, then it can be quite a high-risk thing. Whereas I suppose something like shares, because they're so liquid, you can sell them at any stage should you need the cash, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Leads me to that next point. Maybe people are actually, because one of the one of the guys actually said that he was getting nothing for cash at the moment, yeah. um, which is quite true. You know, is there people favoring just getting nothing for money in the bank? Why don't you just put it into a share and just hold it? Um, uh, it would there be an argument to be made for that, do you think? Yeah, well, certainly. I mean, you know, it's very clear with the share market, there's significantly less barriers to entry. Um, in terms of the amount of capital you really need to get started investing with, whereas for a property you need 
a little bit more, naturally you're taking on a mortgage. So that is a, a literally death contract, right? So it's going to yeah, be, yeah. and that, that's, that's what the term sort of means. Um, so, you know, if anything goes wrong, you're obviously going to, you know, get repossessed, but you know, interest rates are really low at the moment. It makes all sort of asset classes quite attractive because oh, cash yeah. is almost pointless to hold. Yes, of course. Of course. I think one of the things that was also kind of pointed out was, uh, what's the median house price in Sydney? You say again, six million. Like million. One million, I would say. Yeah, so, so I mean, medium house price. I mean, and that's not for a, for a great house. I know even apartments. And, and they're in the city centre, mm. obviously, or close to city centre. A lot of people are now working from home. So mm. is there an argument to be made that it might be an idea to look at picking housing up out further, you know, out into the you know, central coast, orange kind of where? I know I've seen many people that actually lived in the Blue Mountains and then transported mm. into the office. And they were said, hey, an hour and a half commute is fine when you've got a... a you know, well, a small mortgage to pay for so much more. Is that yeah. sort of where people are going to be lending, leaning towards? Or are those already inflated out there, do you think? I think, um, so I did a little bit of reading about Sydney Southwest. Mm -hmm. So more and more people are actually moving towards the West because it's supposed to be like the third CBD next time. Okay. And then right. I think on REA, they actually announced um, this article that they wrote. Like more than, They have like more than 30% interest in the past few months mm. where people are actually flocking towards Southwest Sydney because the new airport will be there. Mm -hmm. And then I think there's mm -hmm. an aerospace hub that's come up and coming right there as well. It's interesting. Some people quite often come and ask me, what should I get invested in? And the same thing that they, you always do. People come up, some friends, family, ask me what should I get invested in. And I always say the same thing. And obviously, I always say it's general advice and doesn't take into account personal <laughs> circumstances. But I always say, uh, listen, it depends on your time frame. So much of it's depending on your time frame. Yeah. This gentleman said something very astute. He said, hey, listen, if you're happy for a 20-year hold, then you know, property is going to do well. And I do genuinely think that's probably quite true. Yet, a lot of people that we talk to are very reluctant to not look at anything for 20 years. A lot more people are, are getting more and more into what can we do and I suppose with the emergence of crypto i was looking at a crypto token that i've been following and it's up 22 percent in the past 24 hours yeah it's like you know a lot of, that's what people's appetite is for now is very fast term is there warrant behind the slow slow burning stocks property dividend yields and then also layering on top of that the the speed the speedy sort of ones the good growth opportunities or do you think that's a, a way that could, people could potentially look well, I mean, yeah, it's it's going to depend on the on your character, right? Mm -hmm. If you're happy to hang on to something for a very long time to achieve some sort of growth, you know, you can throw it into any sort of blue chip and uh, yeah, let yeah. it run, or you can put it into property and let that run. You know, naturally. Well, the other thing is you can buy REITs as well, so you can exactly. get invested in property without. Because I mean, that's the big thing about property, isn't it? It's it's a big down payment. It's a big yeah. barrier to entry. Okay, it depends on finance, your job, etc. If you have even something like 5k yeah. you can buy it into a reit retail yeah. investment trust okay uh and um uh, residential investment trust yeah real estate investment trust real estate so, investment yeah. trust got there in the end real estate investment trust and you can just hold it in in that so quite a low barrier to entry through that way there as well but it's a bit hard to live in a share as you yeah, no doubt exactly, are aware yeah. let's move on to our next bloke now now uh he uh was the guy that said markets were a bit hot bit frothy and he was getting a bit nervous caroline any mm. justification in that or do you think no you know, i don't think so isn't if you look at the australian share market we're not even back our pre-pandemic highs but yep. in, in the u.s they're already way past their pandemic highs the eu so is new zealand new zealand's just absolutely smoking at the is moment advertising are you advertising for i'm not advertising new zealand 
Uh, but uh, I do know that their market's doing very, very well. Yes, yeah, their housing property market's doing very well as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Uh, no, I do not think we're too hot right now. And they're now. actually about to enter into, I think, their second their recession, or their second recession, because they're just, I think they're in a little bit of trouble right now. I, I don't know. Anyway, I digress. But uh, yeah, so you're saying, not worried about the markets? No, there's the still room for potential to, to move forward. Mm. We're not even back there yet. And then I think the FTSE was up, the DAX is up as well, and the K is up at a record highs as yes, well. So yeah, yeah. we're not even there yet. Yeah. Also, we were always underperforming. Like if we rewind back to maybe, uh, I don't know, 2017, mm. 2018, we were always underperforming what the US was doing. We were always uh, always underperforming. So, and we've always done very well if the US has gone up. So be interesting to see what happens through there. So mm. general consensus is probably not getting profit. But yeah. it's all about, it's all about, I mean, the market has gone up a lot. Is there warrant to get into stocks that maybe are on there? Like, I mean, let's take, for example, maybe a stock like uh, A2 Milk to code A2M. Now that's down over 100, it's got 150% to go until it gets to the top of its range where it was trading at in September, which means it's dropped around 60% September. It's now trading at $8 or thereabouts. So it's down 60% from its, from its all-time high. Mm -hmm. Our market's down 2% from its all-time high. Is there an argument to be made to be cycling into good businesses that have just been irrationally sold down? Is there an argument to be made for that? Of course, because between then and now, there's no fundamental change in the mm. actual business itself. Mm. That's why Certainly you can... not 150% of a change. <laughs> yeah, of course. Or 60% if you're going down, 150 I think Colgan was another one that's yeah, yeah. heavily beaten down as well. Mm. Yeah, so uh, even if you think the market is getting a bit frothy, certainly individual stocks, probably not. Gold being a perfect example of that, would you agree? Yep. Yeah, perfect. Let's, uh, let's also talk about racehorses. Because he, he asked about a racehorse. Um, uh, I've never bought a racehorse. I've never invested in a racehorse. Do we think that's a good investment opportunity? I feel like it's very high risk if it doesn't come out the uh, We don't know anything way. about a racehorse. I don't know much about racehorses. I, race I don't think I've ever watched a race. What do you mean you can't bet on racehorses? I'm underage. I can't bet. Oh, oh that's, that's a joke because she's actually 45. No. Cat's out of the bag now. Or the horse is out of the bag. So no racehorses. We we wouldn't agree with that one. Let's go on to our, our three gents. So very sh uh, snappily dressed. They said, we said, if you had a million bucks, what would you invest in? And they said, Afterpay at eight bucks. I said, Bitcoin 10 years ago. Yeah. Now, Afterpay, start, I remember Afterpay in 2017 was $4. Yeah. Got to $8, got to $10. And then someone said to me, it's going to go to 15. And everyone thought that's ludicrous. It's not going to go to 15. Went all the way up to 60, then crashed down to $8 in the crash of the COVID crash, as it's popularly known. Now back at over 100. Yeah. That would have been great, right? Let's go back in time and put yeah, it Yeah, yeah. I'll go back in time to when I was uh, a little bub. Yeah. Download a Bitcoin program on my computer and then never do anything else for my life. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. I mean, if you bought, what if you've got, I mean, if you had, if you had four Bitcoin now, you'd be looking at what, 240,000. So you'd be doing, yeah. you'd be doing pretty well. Okay. If you'd mine 10. 20 you'd be you'd wouldn't be, take you that long back then as well yeah you would have been set for life so hindsight's absolutely great but here's the thing is are we going to be doing this podcast five years from now and we're going to be looking back and saying wow i wish i bought afterpay touch when it was 100k or if i wish i'd bought um sorry yeah if, if it was uh yeah when it was a hundred dollars i wish i bought bitcoin when it was sixty thousand. uh is that going to be the case is there is there any any verification for the idea of buying into businesses if you think they are going to go up and you believe in the project? 
regardless of price. I mean, probably. I mean, it's just so hard to say where things are going to go, right? Because anything can change overnight, mm. of course. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're buying and selling, you're taking a bet on where you think it's going to go. Yeah. I right? mean, the market's a perfect example. We think that our market's nearing 7,000. It's probably getting a bit overheated. Yeah. Five years from now, 10 years from now, are we going to be looking back and thinking, you know, to, talking to our kids and saying, wow, I wish I could pick up the... Uh, pick up the um the index at uh, 7000 again because it's now 25000 or whatever. Yeah. I mean uh, I think that's a, a big thing to consider. Um, would you guys agree with that? Yeah. What's what would you love to have gotten into if you could go back in time? CSL. CSL <laughs> at $30. What about yourself, Mr. Uh probably Bitcoin. <laughs> at uh, 30. Let's go back to your shares. Let's go back to your shares. Okay. Um, oh, you know, obviously Afterpay is one of the one I would have loved to get Northern Star back in the day when it was. Um, you were looking at it today, wasn't it? Thirty cents or something, not very long oh, ago. Oh no, no, no. Um, it was just after the GFC. It was only a two million dollar company at the time. I think they traded at uh, seven or eight tenths of a cent at one point. Wow. So cheap. That was a very long time ago, of course. Yeah. So that was about, I think, 12 years ago, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I mean, not that long when you think about it logically. No, I mean, where no. will you all be in 12 years? I mean, it's, it's yielded much better than any property I think ever has, probably. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, if you can pick up these gems, that's I don't think it's ever ever too late for that. So that's that one. Now, we also had someone talk to us. A gentleman at the end spoke about uh, spoke about CSL, spoke about biotech. Seems to think that might be the... Space seems pretty logical. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm. We need vaccinations. CSL is a company that makes vaccinations. Uh, still bull on that. What do you think on that stock? I mean, I think we brought a lot of clients into it. Recently have locked in some good profits on that in a short mm. space of time. Okay, now it's sort of gone into a bit of consolidation pattern. Mm. Still bull long term or what are your thoughts? Yeah, because CSL manufactures vaccines, but other than that, they also um, focus a lot about flu, flu vaccines. Yes, yes. And, so that's, and that's coming around, isn't it? Because winter's coming out. I got I got a text from my GP right. saying uh, it's time to uh, get your get your uh, get flu jab. yeah get uh, flu vaccination get yeah. your jab. So, yeah. yeah, very very interesting. Uh, anything else from the uh, what we were talking about with the street walk street talks? All pretty, all pretty, yeah. pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. All right. So that was the best and the worst on the ASX this week. Now, do you have a stock that you've been watching for a while? Is it time to buy, sell, or maybe average in? We've heard what everyone else thinks on the street, what they're thinking about the market. When we get back, we're going to go straight to our panel and we're going to find out what they think about what's going to happen in the week to come. <laughs> How do you get the highest returns in the stock market on a consistent basis? 
obsessed with this idea. Michael Kadari forms COSEC, Kadari Securities. He seeks, in his own words, a revolutionary investment strategy based on better information and knowledge. Wealth begins with better knowledge, becomes his motto. He seeks to identify and accurately pick the next top performing stocks on the ASX. He seeks for consistency. Michael Kadari creates a unique stock market filtering system he names Lotus Blue. Named after a flower that blooms just once. Because in investing, timing is everything. See how accurate COSEC stock picks are. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue today. If you want the COSEC investment edge, you know what you have to do. Call COSEC now or visit cosec.com.au and take advantage of the insights he reserves for his clients. Trust is key to any relationship. Fortunately, it's nothing that can be bought. It's earned. As an investor working with an organisation, they need to demonstrate integrity. They must show consistency. Full transparency accountability. They must be genuine in their approach. Their core values must align with yours. They need to put your interest first. If you are considering investing, work with an organisation that earns and nurtures trust. Work with an organisation you believe in. Work with an organisation that treats you the same way they like to be treated. Join an organisation that views clients as people, not people as clients. If you are considering investing, consider Kosek Kadari Securities. kids, we were active. We were creative. We questioned all things. We celebrated everything. We took risks. We had no limits. We had dreams. Our imagination helped us solve problems and create new possibilities. Albert Einstein once said, imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. We are in an ever-changing world filled with fear and uncertainty. Don't let that change the inner child within. As Walt Disney said, imagination has no age and dreams are forever. 
Persec is here to help build your dreams and create possibilities. Secure your success with Persec Kandari Securities. Now the moment we've all been waiting for, the final section of the Cosec Show. So this is what investors are really looking for. We know what oil, gold and the dollar has done this week. We know what the top performers for the week were. Now let's find out what our panel is looking at for the week to come. Ladies first. Um, what are you looking at and why do you like it so much this week, Caroline? So this opportunity hasn't been brought to the table before, but I'll say it's called Bravo Group Limited, ticker code BRG. It's a producer that's involved in the development of premium kitchen appliances. Mm -hmm. I think everyone is familiar with it, Bravo. Rebel? They do yep. um, coffee machines, they do ovens, waffle machines. Okay. Well, yes. waffle machines, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah, um, so macroeconomically speaking, it makes sense because um, Australia's savings rates are going down, which yep. means people are spending. And with people continue to work from home, it's natural to think that they will be spending more to upgrade on their appliances that they have at home. Very exactly. good. Mm. So that's Breville Group. Any other reasons you like that? Financially very sound. Uh, it's been on downward trend since February 2021. So a lot of upside, about 15% just for it to hit. Just 15%. Mm. And you think about that logic. It's not like people that are building or using kit or kitchen appliances 15% yeah. less. So mm. big oh, online adding, adding on that, earlier on, you're talking about housing yeah. housing and property prices. So if you get a new house, it's natural for you to Yeah, if you're going to buy a house, you're going to buy a kettle too. That's mm -hmm. pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty solid. No one goes in and says, you know what, I've just spent uh, three million, two million, six million dollars on a house mm. and I'm not going to get a kettle. Mm. So they've got to go to, got to go there to get that. Fantastic. Trader Gabe, what have you been looking at? Well, uh, I'm looking at A2 Milk. Oh, that's A2M. Now, uh, for the reasons that, you know, uh, it's just so heavily beaten down yep. way, way off its all time high pushed down so far. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could say this is quite irrationally oversold potentially. It's down what a hundred, it's got 150% to go till it gets back to yeah. what it was. It's down 60% from its all time high. So. Yes. It's got a long way to go. Um, on top of that, we're seeing a bit of recovery potentially in some of the reselling demand yep. over in China. As we have this vaccine rollout coming through and international travel resuming, we could see even more volumes coming through into New Zealand, Australia, back to China as well, which would bode really well for A2 milk. On top of that, technically, it's just come off a very long-term 0.618 retracement level as well. So, Which you've drawn from basically from IPO all the way up to its high. Yeah, it seems to line up very, very nicely. Very nice, uh, Fibonacci, so potentially yeah. we could actually see this being the bottom. I'm not saying it is the bottom, but we're looking at a very good area of value. For Lower company. risk, higher upside uh, potential for that one. Exactly. And, I mean, 150% to get it. Now, it was trading 150% higher, $20 in what, September last year? Yeah, so not, less not, very than long ago. Ago. not very long ago. I mean, ago. jeepers. Imagine if you park some money in that. I mean, this is what we're talking about, yeah. isn't it? If you could go back in time and buy, and you could go back in time and buy Afterpay Touch at eight bucks, well, yeah. there's, a, there's a pretty strong conjecture that you could buy, maybe buy something as good as uh, A2 Milk, yeah. which I, I don't think anyone's going to say that that's not a well-run business. Uh, ASX 20 or 50 or 100? I think it's 50 or 100, yeah. So, I mean, it's up there, isn't it? It's, oh, it's yeah. Very, and it's in the MISCI. It's in the MISCI uh, um, index as well.